Welcome to the Muscles and Veggies Fitness Podcast. This is where you get nutrition, health, fitness, performance, all perfectly packaged together in a bite-sized podcast to help educate and motivate you to stay on your fitness journey. Today we are talking about the two major causes of hormonal problems in both men and women. You know, just in the last few weeks, I've had multiple people ask me questions about dysfunction with hormones and this got me thinking it would be helpful for me to have a resource that I can share with individuals who are dealing with hormone problems and so I thought I would make this episode. Um, These are the two main causes that I've found in my last decade of experience in coaching individuals uh, that have triggered hormonal problems. Uh, They're the two most consistent things that we see. So first, before I get into those two things, uh, what are the signs of hormonal imbalance or hormonal dysfunction? Maybe that should be important that we go over um, clearly. Well, in men, uh, this could be lethargy, this could be an afternoon crash, Uh, low libido would be a huge red flag if you are not having, you know, a morning erection, let's just be adults here. that would be a big red flag for me that um, your testosterone could be on the lower side of things. Uh, gynecomastia or you know man, man boobs, that could be a thing that definitely is a red flag. Um, also, just like a general loss of drive, a loss of competition, a loss of competitiveness, uh, these things are all signs in men that we look for when we're talking about low testosterone. In women, Hormonal imbalance, low hormonal values, uh, or just regular hormonal dysfunction could be any of the following. Heavy periods, it could be symptoms around your period, so like headaches and acne that only shows up one week out of the month, uh, right before or right after your period. Um, It could be like headaches in general or migraine headaches. It could be fibrous breast tissue. Uh, It could be tender breasts, especially around your period. Uh, These are all signs of estrogen dominance. I've talked a lot about this in a lot of my YouTube videos and and other podcasts. Uh, But primarily, irritability around your period, water retention, bloating, breast tenderness, acne, those are all the telltale signs of uh, women might be having hormonal problems. Um, And like I said, you know, frequent migraine headaches is a red flag as well, even if it's not around your period. you know, inability to lose weight. So like even no matter how much you're cutting calories, um, you're still not dropping body fat. That's a huge red flag for either thyroid or just sex hormone problems um, to begin with. So those are kind of the major things that we're looking for in both men and women. And these two major causes that we're getting ready to talk about that cause hormone problems, uh, they're the same for both men and women. Uh, I will say this, before I get into the two uh, main causes, I'm looking for Google reviews, specifically if you type in Muscles and Veggies Fitness on Google, um, it'll go to my Google Places account and you can click on reviews. All you have to do is click on reviews, leave me a quick review that helps people find my personal training services uh, and also this podcast as well. If you 
really want to get saucy, you can leave me a review on iTunes or Spotify or whatever your platform you are listening to this on. That would also help people, more people find this free podcast that I do. So let's talk about those two major causes of hormonal problems in both men and women. Uh, number one, stress. Stress is a major contributor to hormone problems. And the reason why is because in, in, when we produce an excess of cortisol, we downregulate our other hormone production. So let's, this is a simple analogy I use in the gym all the time to explain to people. Let's say we have a five gallon bucket full of what's called DHEA. DHEA is the precursor to all of our sex hormones. We synthesize it um, based off of cholesterol and fats. So vitamins A, D, E, and K that are fat soluble vitamins, that's how we make our hormones. So number one red flag is if you're not eating enough fat, that will stress your body out because you won't have the precursors to make the hormones that you need to make, okay? This is probably why we've seen such a large uh, surge in hormonal problems in the last 30 years. Why? Because the American Heart Association was telling people that saturated fat was bad, we should be low fat or no fat, everything. Um, so before I get off on a tangent on that, just know that uh, if you don't eat enough fat, you will not have the building blocks to synthesize or make the hormones that you're trying to get back into balance or get back into the reference range. And the reason why is because if we have this five gallon bucket of DHEA, and that's what our hormones are made out of, and let's say you're really stressed out, you've been chronically stressed, maybe you have kids, a business, you have all these different things going on, you will make cortisol out of the DHEA that you are trying to make all your sex hormones out of. So let's say half of our five gallon bucket is used up making cortisol. That means all your other sex hormones, like testosterone, progesterone, estrogen, uh, all these other hormones now have half of as much of that bucket to make their values out of. So cortisol is basically stealing the show. And we call this the cortisol steal because when stress is high, your other hormone values will be low. And this also makes sense because if we were very primitive and we were living in the wild and you were constantly running from danger or fighting wars or anything like that, your body's gonna try to prioritize energy because it doesn't really care if you reproduce right now or have high sex hormones. So it's gonna downregulate those sex hormones uh, and really prioritize cortisol because that is your fight or flight hormone. Okay, does, that, does this make sense? So that's how stress actually steals your precursor to make your hormone values out of. And this leads to estrogen dominance in women, low testosterone in men, and high cortisol across the board. Number two, inflammation. And guess what? Cortisol drives inflammation. So when you have excess cortisol values, in other words, if your cortisol is higher than it's supposed to be naturally, your inflammation will be radically higher as well. But then you add in on top of that, food allergies, overtraining in the gym, um, mental and emotional stress from any kind of trauma or any kind of big life event that can happen, a death in the family, all of these exacerbate inflammation. And inflammation therefore down-regulates your production 
uh, of sex hormones. So chronically what we see is even people that aren't super stressed emotionally or mentally, their body is very stressed physically because it's battling a high level of inflammation all the time. And you can measure this in individuals by what's, what's called a C-reactive protein or a CRP test. If your doctor won't run this, you can run it down at LabCorp, pay for it yourself, and get a level of CRP. Now, CRP is interesting because anything over a one in my clients, like 1.0, I'm worried a little bit about their inflammation. I've seen people as high as like seven, 11, that's like crazy high inflammation, okay? What I know for myself is I like to keep myself about 0.3 to 0.5. That's a really good level of inflammation. Anything under one, I'm pretty happy with for my clients. So what you don't wanna see is anything over like three. One to three is like the, the concern stage. Anything over three and you are really chronically, systematically inflamed, okay? What are the primary drivers of inflammation when it comes to food? Well, here's an easy way to remember, um, here's an easy acronym to remember, and people treat food as God sometimes, okay? So as God is alcohol, sugar, gluten, uh, oils, and dairy, okay? So first one, alcohol is a no-brainer. You guys know my rule if you've been listening to this podcast for very long. Uh, no more than one to three drinks per week, never more than two at a time. Alcohol is very inflammatory because it is a toxin. It is a poison in large enough do doses. This is why people die of alcohol poisoning, okay? In small doses, it actually gives a very beneficial hormetic effect um, that has lots of health benefits if it's kept in its proper place. So again, one to three drinks per week, never more than two at a time. Sugar, the S in the as. Sugar is a no-brainer. Um, sugar should be very limited, you know, once a month, twice a month. If you're going to have something that someone baked for you or someone made it with love, um, I'm all for that. But what I'm not all for is like eating sugar because you have cravings and eating sugar from things that are factory made, store bought, processed, packaged foods. Okay. So uh, when my friend Jana, when she makes me gluten free uh, brownies, and cake and she does that because she loves me and she wants to make me special treats that I don't get very often, guess what? I partake in that. Um, however, sugar should be kept in its proper place and it is highly inflammatory, especially if it's done on a regular daily basis. Um, so we wanna keep sugar as low as possible, except those like once a month times that we have something with friends and family. Okay, we're just being realistic and uh, balanced here. Now, the G, uh, the G is gluten. Um, I could do a whole, actually I have done whole podcasts. Maybe I haven't done a podcast. Maybe I've done a YouTube video. Entire, I have done a YouTube video entirely on gluten. The history of gluten, it's fascinating. Uh, gluten in other countries is not near as inflammatory as it is in the United States. That has to do with the glyphosate that is sprayed to desiccate the wheat when it's going through the harvest process. I digress. However, um, there's, a, there's a professor out of Italy, Alessio Fasano. Uh, you can look up his research. He proved that literally in 100% of individuals, 
gluten-caused intestinal permeability or leaky gut? 100% of individuals. Now, to what extent? Some are greater than others. But however, uh, we want to really, really eliminate United States gluten, uh, gluten from other countries, keep it sparingly. And this also just helps keep carbohydrates, starchy carbohydrates low anyway. Me just being gluten-free for the last six to eight years has really just allowed me the freedom of not having to have those cravings when I see chocolate chip cookies or somebody's brownies or somebody's treats because I know 99% of the time they are not gluten-free, so I don't want to feel like crud if I have those, okay? Let's move on to oils. Um, I've talked about this, especially in my heart health podcast about cholesterol and triglycerides, but inflammatory oils, these are not things like healthy oils, like avocado oil, coconut oil, olive oil. Those are anti-inflammatory oils compared to the evil guys, which are like canola oil, soybean oil, anything with vegetable oil. And what are these oils mostly used for? They're mostly used to fry foods. So we're talking about, especially soybean oil and vegetable oil are the primary fast food oils. They're highly inflammatory. They're high in omega-6, which means they steal your omega-3 fatty acids, which means they raise your blood inflammation or your CR CRP that we talked about. And so just really, really stay away from, out of all the easiest things on this list um, that we talked about, alcohol and sugar and gluten, the oils is the easiest to stay away from. It really is because they're, they're not something that people crave, right? It's not like you crave vegetable oil or soybean oil or, or canola oil. They're just, um, we can use healthier oils in our cooking and in our frying that we don't have to use these uh, highly inflammatory toxic oils, okay? And of course, the last thing, the D is dairy. And dairy is inflammatory for a lot of reasons. Um, but again, just like gluten, dairy is inflammatory for some people more than others, okay? So 70% uh, of people do not produce enough of the enzyme lactase, and that makes them lactose intolerant. I happen to be one of those individuals, unfortunately, even though I love cheese and I love yogurt, I cannot have a lot of it because I am somewhat lactose intolerant. And for me, um, it's just gas. Just keep it real, man. Like, I just don't like being gassy. And I don't really feel tired from it. I don't really feel like gluten. I feel really tired from that um, lethargy, tiredness. I'm not as strong in the gym. It's, it's very obvious. But dairy, it's just like I just get gassy. And I don't want my wife to have to endure that. I don't want anybody else to have to endure that. I don't want to endure that. So I just choose to stay away from dairy. Until I get in those situations like once a month or twice a month when I'm with friends and I want to be balanced and I don't want to be that dude who's like, I can't have that. And I do do that with gluten because gluten makes me feel so terrible. But with dairy, if we're out and like I'll get a gluten-free pizza with regular cheese and things like that. But the moral of the story is like we should be limiting these uh, areas that cause inflammation to as low as possible. So whether it's alcohol, gluten, dairy, sugar, let's, let's try to eliminate 95% of those occurrences so that they happen very rarely and that our body can easily deal with them and not be in this inflammatory state 
that causes the hormone problems. Okay, remember, if you're in a position where you're not losing body fat the way that you want to, and you're also a woman or a man who struggles with hormone problems, like, i.e., a woman who's struggling with heavy periods and headaches and fibrous breast tissue or tender breasts, or you're a man who's like, man, I have this afternoon crash that's crazy, I just don't feel like the drive I have or the libido I have, and I'm starting to gain you know, belly fat and boobs, that's a really good indication that we need to, we need to down-regulate stress and down-regulate inflammation. So I hope this podcast really clears up any issues whatsoever when it comes to people uh, trying to learn about hormone imbalances. You know, here's my top tips. I got about a minute or two left, and I'll say this. My top tips for stress is just going to be making sure you're getting enough calories. One thing I find commonly with women especially is they're like on a chronic diet. And when you chronically restrict calories over a long period of time, you wreck your hormones and you wreck your metabolism. And it takes time to recover from that. So in other words, if you're eating less than 1,700 calories and you're still not losing weight, now you've cut down to 1,500 calories, you're still not losing weight, and none of those old procedures that used to work are moving the needle, you need to fix your metabolism and your hormones. And this is how you do that, by getting enough calories, um, lowering your overall stress, so breath work, um, any type of like hiking, biking, art, music, creativity, the things that do it for you are all different, but anything that lowers stress for you, massively important. And then of course, doing the things we can to lower inflammation, which is number one, stress, but also um, remember the as God. Some people treat inflammatory foods like they're gods. And as God, alcohol, sugar, gluten, oils, and dairy, they are the major contributors to inflammation. So look, if you can eliminate those things and you can really limit your stress through breath work and proper exercise, not overtraining, uh, and really get an anti-inflammatory nutrition together, I can see 85% of hormone imbalances get balanced out on their own. There are times when we have to supplement uh, hormones either through a doctor or through supplements, but either way, uh, this is a huge step forward when it comes to fixing your metabolism and becoming happier, happier, healthier, and more productive. So look, if you like what you're hearing on this podcast, please let me know on Instagram or Facebook. Uh, tell me how much you're enjoying it. Let me know if you have any uh, questions or topics that you would like me to cover in this podcast. Please leave me a review on Google. That would help my business. It would help people find my personal training services. And as always, I will see you next time on the Muscles and Veggies Fitness Podcast. Have a good day.